Hello, 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 cha-cha-cha, and happy Father's Day, everyone across the United States of America, and everyone listening around the world. This is, once again, the Aspie Files, and this is your host, Alex Townsend. You know, I gotta say, it is a, I hope you're enjoying your Father's Day. Uh, to all the fathers out there, and to all children who, and adults who have fathers, I hope you've been able to tell your father you love him, and to all fathers... Please tell your children that you love them, be there for them, encourage them, encourage them to do well in life and to dream like my father did. It's been 10 years since his passing. I miss him terribly. I wish he was here today, but we do have a very special guest back with us by popular demand. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, my father-in-law, Aspie Files contributor and our poet laureate, Mr. Richard Strawman. Richard, say hi. Hello there, guys. Uh, How nice, you doing, Rich? Nice to be with everybody. It's good to see you again, sir. Thank you. Now, um, how you feeling today, man? Happy Father's Day. Not too bad. I fixed up my weather station this morning, got something accomplished. And, oh, did you uh, really? You're one of those people, what I love about you is that I, you have this mantra that I love of, I want to accomplish something every day. Oh, John Mellencamp. I try to. John Mellencamp says he has that when he's either painting something or writing a song. Yeah. Well, he, he paints when he's not make, writing music. Smart guy. He's a very smart He'll be 70 this year, and he's been making music for, oh, God, almost 50 years. It's hard to believe. Good man. He's a great man. And he also he's helped save uh, the family farms with Willie Nelson and Neil Young with Farm Aid. Oh. You know, they thought when they started it in 1985, yeah. they would do one concert and Congress would have to respond. And mm-hmm. guess what? They haven't, and it's 36 years later. Isn't that something? <laughs> it's 36 years later, and Congress hasn't uh, got on this. And, and, and honestly, if you talk to some people, how many people do you know today that would know where their food came from? <laughs> how many of you think would know it came from a farm or it came from a garden? Unless, I mean, I will say this, though. Most chefs I know know that, though. Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. yeah. Or Robert Irvine or... Um, Oh my God! Who else am I thinking of? Um, Jamie Oliver. Any, any of these? It could be Food Network nothing, chef or a nothing chef. like a good chef. I've been watching a lot of cooking shows with Jennifer lately. Actually, ah. we're watching a show now called Beat Bobby Flay, um, which is on Food Network. Bobby Flay, yeah, Bobby Flay is great. Isn't he? I'm going to a little bit later. By the way, this is Paul. Oh, sorry. This is Pauline, my mother-in-law. Pauline, say hi. Hello, I'm Pauline. <laughs> I'm the Irish girl, off the boat Irish. And you all heard her sing last time. And I got to say, you, um, we have a 5% of our audience, ladies and gentlemen, is in Italy. Uh, and just so you know, they haven't sent me any emails yet. And I have to say, no, no, Pauline's married. No, no, sorry. <laughs> got it. No, 5% of our audience. Sorry, but I'm a claimed treasure. Yeah. Sorry, right, yeah. But you know, like we have 5% of our audiences in Italy. Do you realize there are people that are learning English from my show. Really? Uh, five, 5%. I mean, that's, a, that's not a bad number. <laughs> but, um, and hopefully they'll take the love advice I give as well because it's very important to be romantic and take care of the one you love and, you know, um, keep the relationship hot. That's very important. <laughs> exactly. And Richard is here to give us once again some wonderful words of wisdom. I've actually been dreaming about this for the last couple of days now, Rich. Because we took a, our podcast, we took a break in May. We only did like two episodes in May, and now we're back after about a month being off the air. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, we needed the break because I needed to grieve and cry over my dad and my – because he died 10 years ago, and then my grandmother needed – she died 15 years, 15 years ago this last month. Yeah. 
So it just made sense to like step back and talk when I'm ready. I'm one of those people, I can't get to a mic just because it's what I do. I have to be ready. I don't work by that clock on my wrist. I, have to, I, have, I work by this, as I'm sure you do with your poetry. Now, I wanted to talk, I want to start with a wonderful, we've got some really quick poems here we're going to go through, but the one that has been standing in my mind lately, Richard, has been the one that you told me about um, that involved a nurse. Tell me about the story, Richard. Oh, okay. Well, I uh, unfortunately had to get my gallbladder out. Yeah, it's painful, isn't it? A while back, yeah. not too far back. Oh, and no. I went in the hospital for about a week. Uh-huh. And um, what got me is in the middle of the night, they wake you up and ask you your name and mm -hmm. when you were born. Uh-huh. And so I made up a little poem. So when I got that question from the nurse, I told him this. My name is Richard D. Scrumman. Yes. I was born way back in the year of 1935 mm -hmm. on the day of May 16th. Mm -hmm. I am still alive. Huh? I love to jive. Hey, honey, slap me five. As it should be. As it should be. As <laughs> so nurses, uh, whether here or in Europe, if you're paying, no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not Chuck Woolery. This is not Love Connection. So please do not adjust your television set or your podcast set. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Woolery has a podcast, too. Who? The host of Love Connection. Chuck Woolery has a podcast. Oh, really? really? You would love so, it. So exactly what is a podcast? So a podcast, Pauline, I'm glad you asked. Because so many of our fans have, didn't know what a podcast was until they started listening to mine. That are fans of ours, obviously. Um, a podcast, I always say, is an independent talk radio show. Um, there's no commercials unless you want to set them. There's no gatekeepers. You plan what you want to say. You don't have to, you know, you can be, you can talk about what you want to talk about. So how do you set up a podcast and who are your audiences? Like oh, my audience. Oh, my audience? Oh, well, you know, we run the gambit. You know, I got, I, we got 20-somethings in our audience, some people in their early 30s. And then we have quite an audience that are over 60. Yeah, go figure. So we run the gambit, and I like it that way, although I would say about 60% of our audience is male. Oh, really? But I know why. Because I talk, I, I'm a guy. I talk from oh, yeah, right, right, a male right, perspective. Right. Like, one of my favorite comedians is Carlos Mencia. He's a wonderful stand-up from California. Someone actually, he said he got a lot of e uh, emails lately about, why do you talk about things from the guy perspective? Because I am a guy. <laughs> That's the cleanup version. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, no, he, he, he learned from Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Great comedians, but you, the kids that saw Shrek may want to wait till they're 18 to see this. <laughs> I mean, although I was 13 the first time I saw Carlin do stand-up. And I got to tell you, when I saw George Carlin do stand-up, I was like, wow. I mean, he was no longer Mr. Conductor to me. He was the guy that said the things that I knew were right, but nobody else wanted to talk about. So, Yeah. And he also managed to piss off both sides, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, and, and, and honestly, that, that very often says something about political correctness in this country. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But in any event, uh, now, Richard, you're going through your poems. I see one right here. It's called Thoughts in the Night. Yeah. Now, you wrote this on May 14th. Did you write a lot of poems in May? Uh, a few. You wrote a few. Now, was this every day or when the spirit captured you? Just when the spirit gets there. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I explain this poem, and then we'll, uh, we'll hear it. 
Okay, well, it's not much to explain. It's just that I just um, thought of it uh, Mm -hmm. when I woke up one night. And it's just called Thoughts in the Night. And I wrote, when I awake during a dark and dreary night, Mm -hmm. I turn on the light to view the pictures on the dresser Mm -hmm. next to the bed. And with the thoughts of those memories, I am once again enlightened. Mm -hmm. Now it's off with the lights and back to counting sheep, (laughs) then again to to sleep. sleep. (laughs) Beautiful. Now I gotta ask Rich, I gotta ask Rich. We read that before we went on the air and I'm like, we're putting that on. We gotta put that on Rich. I gotta ask you a quick, did you, um, did you have a bad dream when you were, right? When you got the idea for that or did you just couldn't sleep? No, I just, uh, I was a little restless. And really? I just thought about it for some reason. You know what's interesting, Richard? I have those same restless moments every night I get off work. Every yeah, day. Well, but but exactly. I, what was it? Until you have had a big day, that's why. I work a lot, thank you. Well, he's saying that because I work our hours at, in production on PM side at the TV station is one thirty and midnight. So, but the thing is, like, you write poetry in the middle of the night when, you, when like, the spirit, as we said, the spirit gets you. Yeah. For me, I listen to country music mostly. I've been listening to a lot of country lately. Um, Merle Haggard we were talking about earlier. Oh, I, love him. I do too. Johnny Cash, uh, a lot of Alan Jackson. Yeah. Absolutely. On the road again. Willie Nelson, yeah. Well, you, isn't it amazing that people like Willie and Merle, like even up until Merle's death, he was still making phenomenal mm-hmm. music. I heard this jazz album, Richard, mm-hmm. and that he made, and the first thing that popped into my head when I heard it, well, that when I met you, obviously I'm, I'm listening to it again, and my first thought that pops into my head was, this is really good, does my father-in-law know about this album? If not, I have to tell him about it. Uh, it's called Unforgettable, and he's doing tunes such as Unforgettable as Time Goes By, Stardust, I Can't Get Started, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You. Standards. These are standards. Yeah, Pennies from Heaven. Yeah. Um, uh, Gypsy is on here. Um, Crimea River is on here. Wow, that's interesting. Going Away Party. Um, you mentioned you're a Merle Haggard fan. You mentioned, you mentioned it's On the Road Again, your favorite song by Willie Nelson. So road, I like On the Road Again. That just swings along, you know, and it uh, tells the story, you know. And do you think it's that the, interesting yeah. to listen to. Do you think that the best songs, regardless of the genre, have to have a story to make it work? Well, you mean from their life's history? Um, well, yes, or just, an in, or just an interesting conversation or a passerby. Merle Haggard once said, the only thing I'm qualified to sing about is myself, but anything else would be fiction. Yeah. <laughs> just weird because some of his well because some of his stuff came from personal experience and a lot of it well the best songs came from his personal experience like oh. Mama Tried came from his time in prison yeah well what was nice about Haggard mm-hmm. is he was just a very relaxed yeah straightforward kind of guy do you think he could have been a jazz musician if country music didn't exist uh, I'd say if uh, if it struck him when he was at the right age and all. Well, I know, because I, and the reason I ask this is because what I know his favorite singers growing up were Jimmy Rogers, Hank Williams Sr., Lefty Frizzell. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Bob Wills. Oh, yeah. And you would, uh, do you know who Bob Wills is? I don't recall. He was a band leader. Oh, band leader. Yeah. And, but he was swing music. He was country swing. Yeah. So lots more fiddles, and you definitely, well, you knew it was country. 
Let's put it I can tell you a few of my favorite big bands. Go. Would be number one. I think is Count Basie. Yes, we've talked about Basie many times. And um, uh, Glenn Miller. Yes, Mr. Miller, absolutely. And then there's a, a band from England called Ted Heath. Yes. He is a beautiful swing band. Uh huh. And um, Les Brown. Okay. He has an album out with all songs oh. from uh, Richard Rogers and Lerner and Lowe's. Mm-hmm. All the show music. But what's great about uh, him mm-hmm. is um, he did so much work with Bob Hope traveling around the world. Mm. He had top musicians and uh, they got better and better and better. And if you yeah. have a chance to listen to his uh, CD of Richard Rogers. Uh, uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Okay, so I want to just get to the fans. So um, after you listen to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please take the time to listen to Count Basie, particularly the work he did with Mr. Sinatra. That would be really good. Um, and and his um, there's a concert you sent me that I found on YouTube. It was he was well, performing in t- Europe, right? I can tell you that yeah. one of the best Basie concerts because it was Europe, put right? on DVD. Yeah, you showed it to me. And that was Basie in 1962, Sweden. Right, I thought it was in Sweden, right? Yeah, in Sweden, and the the, the Swedes loved them. Right. And um, uh, Eric Dixon. Uh, uh, sax soloist mm-hmm. in his band yeah. sang, played a solo, You Are So Beautiful. And that's worth a million words, the way he, that man played it. Yeah. And uh, a big handsome guy in a bassy band. Well, you say that You Are So Beautiful, which, which I know, and most people that are listening to this podcast probably know the Joe Cocker version. Remember Joe Cocker, the English singer? Not really, but I imagine with his accent, it must sound good. He really did. Well, because he, he did a song, You're so, You Are So Beautiful, and it went like this. Tell me if you remember. It goes, uh, you are so beautiful to me. Yeah. You are. You remember that one? Yeah. That's a good song. It's and a so, beautiful song. That's a good song. So is um, Feeling All Right. That's a good song. So is um, I Get By With A Little Help From My Friends. That's a good one, which was the theme song to a wonderful television series called The Wonder Years, which was on ABC when I was a little boy, and now it's coming back. Different family, though. Um, Don Cheadle, one of my favorite actresses, is going to be the narrator. I think it's going to be really good. I have my fingers crossed, um, and I hope it comes out well because it's very hard to reboot series these days, but... uh, I think I think this one's going to work. I, I have very if, high confidence. If your audience gets a chance, they ought to try to look up a wonderful singer who was married to Louis Prima. Her name oh. is Keely Smith. We talked about both of them last time, and I saw you on your birthday, if I recall. Oh, and she's so beautiful. She what is. a beautiful singer she is. Absolutely. Such a perfect way she delivers these songs. No. And Louis Prima is the funniest guy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's happy all the time. And every song is upbeat. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and at the end of his one album, it's called When Day Is Done. I'm uh, still, yeah, I'm still wondering who has the most insecurity or paranoia. Is it jazz musicians or stand-up comedians? And I, I think it's stand-up. So I think, the, I think the jazz musicians are a little... Uh, more joyful, but it's hard to say, you know? Because yeah, well, they're both performing on stage looking for acceptance from an audience. And that yeah, takes a lot yeah. of yourself. 
Jazz guys are special casts, you know? Yeah. Oh, very much so. Well, because they, their music can take you in many different directions. You can plan it and rehearse it, but it all, it sometimes seems best when the music is somewhat improvised. Would that be fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you, we were watching the um, Count Basie uh, concert from Sweden. The first mm-hmm. thing that came to my head was, how much of this actually was in rehearsal and how much of it came on the stage? You wonder that sometimes. And I think people who are fans of the television show The Office on NBC with Steve Carell, because mm-hmm. a lot of those guys came from improv. Mm-hmm. So there's a rumor going on that about 20% of the sh- that show was improvised. Like the script, 20% was improvised. And that, that might be the case with Basie's band. I'm not sure. But let's assume for sake of argument, a lot of what we saw on stage was there for the first time and didn't end up in rehearsals. <laughs> well, Basie is just wonderful in this yep. uh, DVD. Oh, okay. And uh, he plays some solos. He does. Yes, he does. Very much so. And he has great little... Uh, Female singer, I can't think of her name right now, but she mm-hmm. really puts it over. Right. And uh, the band is so precise and so beautiful. They, they essentially know what they want to put on that and, stage, and they know what the audience is and expecting. This, and this drummer is called Sonny Payne. I think I know that name. And he takes that band along, <laughs> and uh, he does a solo. And he's just a wonderful, wonderful, happy drummer. And he does tricks with the sticks, flips them <laughs> yeah. around. But the music is so beautiful it's, yeah. that they make. In jazz and rock, it seems like the bass, or in bands in general, it seems like the bass player and the drummer are the happiest. Is that, do you ever notice that when you look at bands? Yeah, <laughs> no, that, yeah they seem But a funny little story, quick one. Yeah, go for it. Is um, Basie lived down in Red Bank, uh-huh. New Jersey. Yes. And my daughter was looking for a home. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, who's the realtor showed her the Count Basie home. It oh, was on, wow. on the market for sale. Wow. I guess the size wasn't right or something. <laughs> but, uh, but she had the uh, privilege of seeing his home. But that's, that's real estate. That's going to happen. Uh, his mother was a piano teacher. Oh. And he does clever little things on the piano right. in the songs. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just fun. To watch him, and he's very intelligent looking. I like that. And very, uh, <laughs> has a nice, charming way about him. And and, a nice, and, deep voice. Yeah. And all he has to do is raise his eyebrow a little, and the band knows what he means, and they <laughs> go into action. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Uh, we had a couple of phone calls from family. So we had Cora called us, and so did uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Was really excited. Um, Cora's my sister-in-law, ladies and gentlemen, um, and one of the one of the sweetest, sweetest women I've ever met on the planet, and always inspiring, good to talk to. Always asked for my take on uh, pop culture, music, and television and movies, which I'm always flattered by. I always like it when people ask me um, what they would recommend. And we talked a little bit about that before um, we got um, we got our phone calls, didn't we? Yes. We talked a lot about George Clooney. We talked a little bit about Jack Black, uh, Robin Williams, a lot of Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about how it was interesting. Like, you know, George Clooney started television, then he went into movies, first as an actor, then he realized producing and directing was the way to go because then you could own yourself. That's right. And if you own yourself in any business, then you are already a step ahead. If you can't even own yourself, you don't know what your own vision is, you're already behind, like, you're already behind the eight ball, and that's not really a good place to be. Yeah. It's really not. We were talking about, like, Jackie Gleason. He did show business his way. 
Yeah. With the Honeymooners, with his variety show, and his movies too. Like, even when like he got this last movie was nothing in common, and that was with Tom Hanks. When Gary Marshall casted him, the first thing he said to him was, or Gary said to, to Tom was, listen, Tom, I want to prep you before we start. This was the first time. You all right there? Excuse me. Yeah, it's okay. This is the, this, nothing in common was the first time in a movie where a director pulled Tom aside before they started filming to sort of prep Tom for Jackie. Because Jackie's gonna hit, Jackie would hit him hard. Jackie was a really, really good actor. You know, I, I reject the fact that he, was, that he was one thing. He was so many things. He was an actor. He was a comedian. He composed music even though he can't read it. Apparently, he knew the vision of what, you know, this, what he called vanilla music. And it was like a combination of jazz and classical music. Which, do you see the two? I, I don't know if you, I'm asking, I love asking you this question on this. Do you see a connection between the two? What? Between classical and jazz music. Do you see the connection at times? Yeah, I think I can. He's a big caliber guy. Yeah. Capable of a lot of things. Yeah, he really was. And he did a lot of things. I mean, he did, after television, edited, he, um, he did uh, The Hustler. He did Jago. Oh, yeah. Where, by the way, Jago, where he played a lonely mute. Yeah. A lonely mute who was helping a little girl whose mother was a prostitute. Uh, he did a, do you, remember, do you remember a movie called Requiem for a Heavyweight? Vaguely. He played a tough boxing manager. But I think the film that got him a lot of praise again, as much as The Honeymooners, the, the things that got him the most praise were The Honeymooners, The Hustler, and of course, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. I love that movie. I can watch Smoking it over and, yeah. and over again. It's so funny. I remember that. I remember Bert saying in an interview he was only going to do the film if Jackie was in it. Bert Reynolds, I like him. He's a good actor. I really like him. Um, I'm going to. He was an Indian. I think he was uh, from an Indian tribe. Shall, let's check. That's interesting. I'd never heard that before. I was actually going to see one of his movies on my 30th birthday, but it didn't even play in the theaters. I never got to see it. But it did Amazon. I'll look for it on Amazon or Stars or one of these streaming services. Um, But I do like him. Um, Smoking the Bandit is really good. Longest Yard I can watch over and over again. That's really good. Um, He was wonderful in uh, Boogie Nights. He was really good in that. The um, Paul Thomas Anderson movie – about um, porn in the 70s. It's a weird film, but it's really good. Um, he is. He said he did, he did claim that he was Cherokee uh, and Italian. There you go. His families are Dutch, English, Scottish, and Scots-Irish. So, okay. <laughs> so it's... Anyway. Um, action, he was a wonderful actor, and he was a wonderful human being. And... Like a lot of great actors of his time, like him, Gene Hackman, you know, John Voight. Um, don't like his politics, but I like his movies. <laughs> and his, I think he liked to protect. The what? Or he liked to boost up the little guys. Who did Burt? Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. The best, I mean, the best actors would do that. I mean, yeah. let's not forget, if you have power, if you're a movie star and you have power, use it properly. Like Will Smith, when he got the movie Ali... He's already a big star by this point. And he went to the director, Michael Mann, and he said, I want Jimmy Fox to play this part. I think he's really good, and he's ready for it. Yeah. And the fact that Will went to Michael Mann, yeah. and he got his way, that says a lot. Yeah. And, you know, but I also live by the code. I'm sure you live by this, too. If you don't ask for something in life, you don't get it. Yeah. You have to put – sometimes you have to – You have a little moxie. I think so. I mean – 
I think in life, you have to have moxie, you have to have character, you have to learn how to balance them both. Right. And it's a challenge. It takes time to do so. Luckily, my wife shows me that every day. Richard shows me that every day. Pauline shows me that every day. And you all show me that every day as loyal listeners of the Aspie Files. When you say my wife, did you and Jennifer get married? We're not married yet, but we um, are looking to do that very, very soon to tie the knot. Yeah, I, I get asked that question about 50 times a day, ladies and gentlemen. I've gotten asked that by Pauline. I've gotten asked that by people I work with. No, 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 no it's, it's not, it's not, I'm not offended by it. It's okay. No, no, I, I, I literally get asked this question like 50 times a day. Yeah. It's, so I'm not offended by it. And, and by, yeah, and they also, because COVID, because we're now, our world is now coming back to a beautiful place again and a more connected society. Now everybody wants tickets to the wedding. <laughs> right. Well, then you and Cora and uh, you and Jennifer and I and Cora and Kevin. So they're all planning on getting married. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law is getting married to her um, gentleman friend, Kevin, yeah. um, who's also a country music fan like myself, especially of Mr. Chris Stapleton, who's a great singer and songwriter and a badass on that guitar. I saw him on Austin City Limits. He had a very small band on that stage with him. And his wife and the mother of their five children was, was up there with him. She sings back up with him. We all know what goes on at tour bus. They have five kids, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, we love you for listening. Uh, Pauline loves you for listening. Richard loves you for listening. Jennifer loves you for listening. And we always say, uh, have that slice of pie. Read that book. Um, reach out to your friends. Tell... Uh, this is, I'm going to get this last one in there. Go home with the girl you took to the dance. I just like to That's very good advice, isn't it? You want to say something? To your audience, thanks to all. Yes. Richard. Thank you all for supporting the Aspie Files. Thank you for giving Rich a platform to get his poetry out there. He loves being on this show. We're going to have you back on real soon because I see there's a few more dozen poems in there we're going to go through next time, right? Looking forward. Yes, and to wonderful spaghetti and uh, good food and right. friends and family. Like I said, eat that good food and, you know, take care of your friends. Uh, go to work, pay your bills, uh, have some fun when you're not working. That's very important. Um, and um, please give most of America a raise. We need it. We will see you next time on the Aspie Files. Bye-bye.